What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Attention shoppers, we now have taste in the bread aisle. Dave's Killer Bread. That's right, an organic bread that doesn't need three spoonfuls of sriracha jam to delight your taste buds. Dave's Killer Bread is a 21-grain salute to the end of boring bread, a brand on a mission to make the most out of every loaf, to rid the world of GMOs and artificial ingredients, and plant the seeds of good in all that they bake. But Dave's Killer Bread has done more than raise the bar on bread. In fact, Dave's Killer Bread was built on the belief that second chances can change lives. When its founder, Dave, the guy with the guitar you see on every loaf, returned to the family bakery after 15 years in prison. Dave took that chance and ended up creating what would become the country's number one organic bread while never forgetting his not-so-easy path. That's why at Dave's Killer Bread, they proudly practice second-chance employment, hiring the best person for the job, regardless of criminal background. And by the taste of it, things have worked out rather well. Dave's Killer Bread. Bread Amplified. Son of Porthos. A hot summer day in 1678. The coach from Nantes creaking and swaying along the lonely Sama Road on its way to Paris. Here it is that the six occupants of the coach meet with adventure when they are stopped by a suave rascal calling himself Colonel Cordebouf. This highwayman and his band of cutthroats demand money and valuables and seem to be having it all their own way until the colonel insults the one lady passenger in the coach, the lovely Aurore de Tremblay. Immediately to Mademoiselle's defense comes Squire Joel of Loch Maria, who surprises the robber, puts his company to flight, and is ready with his great sword to avenge the lady's honor. Mademoiselle, however, begs him not to fight, and because of her, the young Breton lets his captive go free. But his mercy is misplaced and Colonel Cordbouf repays it by firing on him before riding off. Although Joel himself takes both shots, it is Aurore who sinks to the ground with a cry of terror, and the young Breton, completely oblivious of his own wound, rushes to her side. Mademoiselle! Mademoiselle Aurore! Oh, she has been hurt. He has killed her. No, she's only fainted. See, he breathes. Mademoiselle, speak to me. What has happened? Well, you have to. There appears to be no wound. I tell you, she's only fainted. If only someone had some smelling salt. With spice and pepper. Or a dash of cold water. Mademoiselle. See, she fluttered her eyelids a little. Mademoiselle. Oh, if I thought that villain had harmed a hair of her head, I'd pursue him to the end of the earth. Mademoiselle. This really is a most inconvenient spot to faint. For some reason, I've taken a dislike to this part of the road. I would, we could leave it quickly. Oh, what is that? Oh, it looks like another coach coming towards us. I'll hail them as they draw level. Hold there! Hold, whoever you are! We need help for a young lady. What 
this young lady whom you see, she's hurt. There has been an accident. One moment. Lady, sir. I am at your orders, sir. But you, uh, you are wounded. I? Oh, it is only a scratch. I beg of you, do not worry about me. It is this young lady. I will see what I can do for her. Hmm, yes. Esteban, my surgical case. Rest assured, young sir, there is nothing to fear. This young lady is simply under the sway of an attack of nerves produced by emotion. Without being a great physician, I warrant I can relieve her. I am indeed grateful to you, sir, for anything you can do. It is an honor, I assure you. Ah, thank you, Esteban. Now. Uh, calming medicine is good for affections of this nature. You will find it almost instantaneous in its result. Ah, see. She is breathing more easily already, and the color's coming back to her cheek. But she has not yet opened her eyes. Oh, the impatience of you. Fear not, my young friend. The lady will recover consciousness very soon now. But uh, will you not think of having your wound attended to? Wound? A bandage saturated in salt and water and... Will not even leave a mark. It's only a graze. The bullet merely glanced off the temple. You withstood two bullets, not one. You appear to have had quite an adventure. What became of the second bullet? It seemed to strike him on the chest. We saw him stagger under it. My chest? Why, yes. See, the knave aimed well. You, you see it flattened on a leather belt, which carries my 500 livres in hard cash. If it had been paper money... Why, it would have interfered with my meals, I warrant. As it is, it is only a bruise. I compliment you on your escape. But uh, time presses and our patient still needs attention. Is she your sister by chance? Um, your betrothed by good fortune. I only know her from having traveled in her company these past few hours. Do you know her destination? I think she is for Paris, like the rest of us. Is there no relative of hers among the passengers? Or was she alone? It seems so. Oh, in that case, I offer to see her on her way to safety. You mean, take her away? Oh, only as far as her destination. Uh, Master Driver, where do you change horses? At the Golden Heron in Summer. And how long does it take you to reach there? Oh, an hour at least. Ah, then, you will find your lady there. I ask your pardon, monsieur, yes, but... What is it? Uh, I... Uh... Well, uh, th that is, if you... My young friend, surely I am not compelled to ask you by what right you interfere to oppose this act of humanity. Uh, no matter, say no more. You are young and impetuous, and I forgive you with a true heart for having forgotten that a lady is always safe under my honor. We will meet again at the Golden Heron. de Bois-Laurier? Your reverence. Oh, monsieur, you forget I am no longer reverend. I beg pardon. You crept up so quietly on me, I was startled. I should have said, my lord duke. Uh, wrong again, Bois-Laurier. Duke of Almada, I may be, but at the moment I must preserve the strictest incognito until I reach Paris. Then... Chevalier d'Herblay is my name. Chevalier d'Herblay it is. So what joy to meet here at the Golden Heron? An unexpected joy. Unexpected? And yet I think you knew I would be here. I was advised of the route you took from Spain, monsieur. I thought so. A roundabout way, but necessary. But tell me, you come specially to see me? I waited here at the Golden Heron, where I thought we'd attract least attention. You did well. What news do you bring? Hmm? Not good news, I'll warrant, if one may judge by the length of your face. Brave news indeed, my lord. 
The king's new favorite is dead. Dead? Manuel de Fontaine's dead? It is true, my lord. Oh, dead at scarcely twenty. A shocking thing indeed, poor girl. How suddenly death strikes. And how quickly fate disposes of plans we have taken so long to mature. Oh, that a young girl's life should end so suddenly. That is shocking indeed. Give me the fact by Larrier. Mademoiselle de Fontange was my protégé. She was to have been my ear and my mouth at court. It was I who influenced the king indirectly, as you know, to take an interest in her. Of course I know that, my lord. It meant a great deal to you to have de Fontaine the king's favorite in place of Madame de Montespan. Indeed it did. Athenaeus de Montespan is no friend of mine, but um, come to the point, speak without reticence, and omit nothing which might enlighten me. Mademoiselle de Fontaine committed three mistakes. She insulted Madame de Montespan and paraded in front of her a triumph for replacing her in the king's affection. Very human failing. Secondly, she took into her service a valet who came from Madame de Montespan. And thirdly, she accepted a cup of milk from this fellow's hand. And drank it at one draught when she was thirsty. So, poison then. This is a grave accusation you make, by Laurier. It is not my intention, but the general belief. Certain facts brought out of the inquest prove it. And what facts are these? It was established that Madame de Montespan tried to remove her rival by infected garments and gloves, then resorted to a professional poisoner known as Lavoisin. Lavoisin? It is plain that Lavoisin made away with Mademoiselle de Fontange. And she was burned for her troubles. And the Marchioness, Madame de Montespan, did she then escape, Chuck? Oh, my lord. You know the Marchioness as well as I. She bribed someone to arrange a meeting between herself and the king at which she passed, as only she can do, from weeping to recrimination, and thence to a very high-handed manner. I can imagine it. It is a woman's way of conducting business and a dangerous one. I take it, then, that she is forgiven. Mm, completely. She has no rival now in the king's eye. Oh, well, that leaves us where we began, Wallaria. With the power that Nays at court, farmer, and mightier than ever, we have no influence with the king at all. He is no friend of ours, my lord. What steps do you suggest now? What steps? My friend, we must find us another Mademoiselle de Fontage, another young and pliable beauty to take the eye of the fickle Louis uh, and to take orders from the king of Spain. This we must do, but Wallaria, where are we to find such a one? Someone knocked. Were you expecting someone, my lord? No. Oh, but wait. Of course, it is the young man from the Nantes coach. From the coach, my lord. Uh, one moment, please. One moment. It is a long story. I will tell you later. I brought here a young lady who was indisposed. She is resting upstairs. Uh, this young man has come to inquire for her, if I am not mistaken. Enter. Monsieur, it is I... Joanne, we do not stay here long, monsieur, and I am anxious. Can you inform me when I shall be able to see Mademoiselle du Tremblay? Immediately. See, even the impatience of youth is rewarded. Mademoiselle is quite recovered. I'll, uh, I'll pull the bell and I'm sure that she'll be with you at once. Uh, she is as impatient to meet her champion as you are to see her. I thank you heartily, sir, and allow me to present my most humble and sincere apologies for for a bad thought I entertained. Mm, I know you thought I had eloped with your companion. You should have had more respect for my white hair. Indeed, sir. But there is such a weight about my heart. Ah, then it should be lifted now, my friend, for here is Mademoiselle herself. 
To you, Chevalier, for the attention and care you gave me without knowing who I was. Dear lady, I am well repaid in seeing you so radiant and well again. And to you, monsieur, who so gallantly defended me. Indeed, it is I who must thank you, lady. Um, permit me to ask one question. Uh, your name is not unfamiliar to me. Are you by any chance related to that de Tremblay who was governor of the Bastille? He was my uncle, monsieur, but died some time ago. I am an orphan. And it is on behalf of my younger brothers and sisters I go now to Paris to gain for them by law what is theirs by right. Alas, we have greedy relatives, and our need is great. I wish you every success, dear lady. And may I not know your name, monsieur, before we part? They call me Monsieur Derbret. And now, sir, if I am permitted one last recommendation, take Mademoiselle to the dining room and see that she eats heartily before going off on the last part of her journey. I will indeed. And now, good luck to you both. Farewell. We may meet again. Farewell, monsieur. My grateful thanks are always yours, Chevalier. Hmm. A handsome couple, Boislarier. A simple lad and of such great stature. He brings to mind my old friend, Porthos. Is that all he, they, bring to your mind, my lord? <laughs> How well you read my mind. No, my friend, that is not all. I love the child, Mademoiselle de Tremblay, and gentle too. An orphan, she said. Yes, my lord. Then salute her loneliness, Wallarier. She is the rising star. Mademoiselle du Tremblay, unless I am mistaken, will displace La Montespan. My friend, we have found the woman we seek. 